Father, we come right now and we pray that even as we have sung, that we would recognize that we are coming to worship you. We are coming because of your, your son and his offering for us. That we come not as debtors, as those who are coming to seek to gain your favor by what we do. But we're coming because of what Christ did for us. And so we rest in him as we come. And we come and we take these things and we look at your word and we see you call us then. That we would come as offerings, burnt sacrifices of worship, holy and pleasing to you. May that be our heart as we come this morning, ready, even now that our hearts would quiet, our minds would be prepared for your word. And so we ask for your grace that we are not now turning to our own words to hear. We're not coming simply to hear uh, the words of men, but we're coming to hear the word of God. And so help us, Lord, bring light, bring understanding to us, illuminate your word, even as we come humbly to receive it. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the past weeks, we have been walking through a book with huge issues and huge questions. Habakkuk, the prophet, has come not wavering in his faith in the midst of confusing times, but he has come, even as we've seen from the beginning of this book, he has come with many questions. Indeed, question after question. So in many ways, this book has been comparable to a great journey where the main character, he sets out searching for answers, but persistently over him are these dark clouds and before him, his path, it is riddled with fog and darkness. So he is wandering about, lost, even as he is pressing on. But as he continues... And as we have continued in this book, the clouds begin to subside and light begins to break through the clouds. So while this morning we are beginning to walk out into the light with Habakkuk as he has heard and received God's words. They have been a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. So, in chapter 1, we find Habakkuk is a man in great anguish of heart and soul. And he seeks God's answers. He wonders, how could God tolerate the wickedness of Judah? But, 
When God answers, he's left in shock and dismay. God, he tells him, he is going to use the Babylonians, a pagan Gentile nation, as his hammer of judgment upon Judah. What? And so, he asks God, how could this be? How could you use a Gentile nation to be the tool of judgment against us, your chosen people? And so God, he answers again. He tells Habakkuk, trust me, the righteous shall live by his faith. Justice will come. God declares that he will bring his justice down upon the Babylonians as well. The wicked will not go unpunished. So Habakkuk, he has now been given his answer. And as chapter 2 ends there in verse 20, with the Lord in His holy temple, unlike the deaf and lifeless idols under which the Babylonians, they are bowing and worshiping and they are thinking these false idols are our hope. These false gods are our hope. And God is saying, well, guess what? They are lifeless. They are dead. But I am in my holy temple. Unlike those deaf and lifeless idols, I am the God who is there. So, now, the light of God's word has broken through. The clouds of darkness are subsiding. And what does Habakkuk do at hearing this? The Lord, He is there. He is at work. He is just. He is God. He receives God's answer. And he bows before his God in response in prayer. Which is exactly what we see now as we turn to chapter 3 of Habakkuk. So, may we then come with our hearts bowed in that same manner as we turn then to read his prayer here in chapter 3, verse 1 through 16. So may the good will of the Lord be done in us. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shiganoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of His praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from His hand. And there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence and plague, 
followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting weights. I saw the tents of cushion in affliction, the curtains of a land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea when you rode on your horses, on your chariot of salvation? You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. High here and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Wow. So much here to walk through as we encounter and and see this prayer of Habakkuk responding to God and his answers. And here, right at the beginning of this prayer, we see it is a humble response from this prophet. And interestingly enough, it is a response in the form of a psalm. So, if you've read the Psalms, you know, they begin very often with a superscription or a kind of title verse. Well, we see that here as well, there in verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shigonoth. And so we don't know exactly what that means, but we know that this word, it's a musical term. And along with it, what do we see as we continue through the psalm? Or through this prayer of Habakkuk, we see this word Selah, another musical term used now three times in this prayer. So we are seeing that this is a psalm for and a psalm about and of worship. It was meant to be sung. 
So in view of chapter 2, verse 20, the God who is there in His holy temple, the people of Israel, they would then come and they would sing and worship to God. So this was to be a prayer, of course, but a prayer of worship. And this makes Habakkuk's response here go beyond him then. This was to be the response of the true Israelites as well in the midst of these terribly confusing times they're in. Judgment is coming and it will not be stopped. Yet, here are the true Israelites worshiping God as judgment is coming for them. Incredible. How then should we respond when trials come? When our life, the circumstances around us are hard. Worship. So Habakkuk, he now comes. He does not come with more questions but he comes with a prayerful submission to the will of God. Where in chapter 2, verse 1, if you remember, what did he boldly say? I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself at the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and I will answer concerning my complaint. And now he responds before the presence of God with May thy kingdom come. May thy will be done. And so throughout this book, we have seen the steadfast, unchanging character of God. God has not changed. But God has changed Habakkuk. In the midst of the confusing times, God is working in the midst of them. Right then, right there for you, for me, for Habakkuk. There and then we see the unchanging God. He changes His people. The book, it began with Habakkuk's many questions, but now he comes and he prays, You have spoken, Lord, and I believe. Even as I tremble at what is coming, I believe and I bow before you. I have no more questions or complaints. You do all things well. But even as we see this, this was not without a deep turmoil and anguish of soul. He wrestled with these hard questions, didn't he? If you weren't here, I would encourage you to to read chapter 1 and 2. You see a man who is wrestling with these things. And he's wrestling with himself. And there he was faced with a decision in the midst of all these questions. He faced a fork in the road. Will you trust God? Will you follow Him? Will you believe what He has said? You know, and sadly, you know, some come to this fork in the road and they hear who God is. They hear 
God is holy. And they hear, God is sovereign. And they hear, God will judge. And they hear, Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And they respond, if that's God, I don't want to have anything to do with Him. If that's God, I'll find my own way. They think, well, God can't be that way because I don't like it. So I'll, I'll adjust my view of God to my liking. He answers to me, not me to Him. So I'll fashion Him with my own two hands, the God who I think He is. And so at the fork in the road, they follow the sign that says, a God of my own making. Well, you may be at that fork right now. And you have a decision to make. God has spoken. His word is sure. He is holy. He is sovereign. He will judge. And He has sent His Son into the world to save you. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other. And so the question before you is not whether this is true. But the question is, will you believe it? So at this fork, there are decisions to be made. Friends, the only true path forward is not in creating a God of your liking, but bowing the knee in submission to God and to His Word. It's found in believing. So may you believe, rest and in like Habakkuk, be changed by the living God. So right where you are, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of that trial, in the midst of the struggle of soul, resolve in your heart before God, Lord, You have spoken. I don't know what's ahead. I don't know how to get through this outside of You, but I believe all Your Word. I believe it, and I will follow Christ. Keep making that resolution. The reality is, life is hard. Relationships are hard. Raising children is hard. Conflict is hard. The issues we are facing as a nation and in our world, they are hard. But in the midst of them, in the midst of the hard, There, in the wrestling, in the battle with sin and self, as you are humbled, know you have a sure rock. The potter is at work in you. Like Habakkuk, lean in. Grapple with yourself. Be honest. Take up your shield and sword of faith, knowing all the while God is at work to will and work in you for His good pleasure. 
And so as we look out over our divided nation, over issues that are many, over questions that don't have easy answers, let's do as Habakkuk does here and pray for the Lord to revive His work in our day. He prays in the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God, as the hammer falls, as confusion and trouble overflow, Lord, bring about your work. Bring about your salvation. So in the midst of the hard, we need God to work. We are not meant, church, to say, I will do this of my own. If I just buck up, pull up my bootstraps, then the work will be done. No. We are called to bow and pray to the living God. Lord, revive your work in our day. Let me ask you, who here will pray? And I'm not just asking that theoretically. I'm asking you. You, individually and collectively. Who here will pray? Who will answer the call? Will His servants arise to what God is calling us to do? O church, arise! Soldiers of Christ, it's time we take up our call. Take up prayer and take up the Gospel. May we go out as soldiers of Christ in truth arrayed, bowing our knee before God, acting by praying to God. Lord, work in our nation. It is not a Christian nation any longer. It is not a city on a hill. So may we be a city on a hill. This year, Haven, a few weeks ago, as you may remember if you were here, I set forth the vision here for 2020 for Haven and along the same lines of praying for revival and taking up the gospel, I'll set that question for us here as well. Who will be and who is one person that you can reach for Christ this year? Who is one person that you will seek after. May we take up this call. May we take up prayer and take up the gospel and just stand back and see what God will do. Behold the work of our God. May we do it. So, 
following this petition. Verse 2, we have many things from verses 3 to 15. Habakkuk, now he transitions here with an affirmation, even a, a vision of the Lord coming in judgment. So, what in the world is going on here? So, Habakkuk, he is looking back at the Exodus. Splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hands, and there he veiled his, veiled his power. Before him went pestilence and plague, followed at his So he is looking back at what God did and looks forward to God's looming judgment and sees redemption indissolubly woven into it. So he looks back and sees, even in the midst of judgment, he sees God at work. He sees redemption intermixed with judgment. That reminds me of a lot of things. <laughs> and we'll get there. And so he recounts Mount Sinai with God coming from Timon and Mount Paran, his coming with pestilence and plagues and his awesome hand of wrath and mercy in delivering Israel out of Egypt. So he looks back to look forward. What has been will The God who came in judgment to redeem will come again to redeem and to judge. So, we are called to behold here the God who comes in might and power. We are called to come and behold Him who comes in splendor, shaking the very foundations of the earth and standing over all things We are called to behold Him who looks on those who would deem themselves immovable and see Him who is from everlasting is able to move the immovable. So I remember a number of years ago, of course, I don't, If you ask me to speak Chinese now, I would not be able to tell you really hardly anything, if anything at all. Um, Zaijin, if I said it correctly, so goodbye. But, and that's what I said to Chinese class after taking it for two years. But I took two years of Chinese in middle school. And uh, while I was taking this class, one, our teacher at the time, he invited a martial art instructor to come in and I can't remember what he specialized in, if it was Aikido or Jiu-Jitsu or what. But so he came in and he basically came in to demonstrate his martial art for us. And so, uh, you know, he came in and we, I think we went into the lunch hall. He needed some room for what he was going to do. And so um, right at the beginning, he says, all right, I want you guys to try to push me over. And so he sits down on the floor, crosses his legs you know, and, and gets in position, and, and he asks for volunteers, and, and uh, you know, of course, I'm like, all right, you know, so I'm going to try, I'm going to try to push him over, you know, 
And so me and a number of other guys, we got together and we said, he's going down. <laughs> and so we, we went to him and he got in his position and we started pushing. And let's just say he was not immovable after all. <laughs> so he, he fell over. He came over uh, and fell over rather easily. Well, he was not immovable. Well, our God is not like that. Our God is immovable. So also, though the nations and people boast great things, though they declare right, wrong, and wrong, right, the redemption of God is coming and it will not be moved. And so Habakkuk, he looks forward at what is to come and he sees even as judgment rolls down, the salvation of God is pressing forward as well. You went out, he says in verse 13, out for salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. So this word, you're anointed in verse 13, I think, you know, I think it points to Israel. But I think it does more than that. Anointed, it was often used to refer to the kings of Israel. And at this time, more pointedly, the Davidic king, the anointed one to come. The Davidic king who will come where we see judgment and redemption meet, where in wrath, God, he displays his mercy. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven laughs And the Lord holds them in derision. And then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in His fury, saying, As for me, I have set my King on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my Son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way for His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Amen. This is the anointed one. So even here, in the midst of the clouds of certain judgment, God's salvation, His redemptive plans will not be moved. So take comfort, friends. Let your hope be unmoved. Because even if woes lie ahead for us, if the columns of our nation are set to crack, break, and come undone, we must not fret 
the salvation of God is coming yet still. The cross, it stands boldly testifying that even in the greatest moments of God's wrath, his mercy and his redemption are nearby as well. So along with Habakkuk, may we also say, what seems good to the Lord, may he do. Even as we pray, even as we long for revival, even as we expose evil in all of its terrible forms, even as we see good being called evil and evil being called good, know God's redemptive plans press on even now. So, like Habakkuk, may we tremble and trust. Habakkuk saw all this And what did he do? He jumped up. No. He didn't look forward and say, well, I'm fine. His body trembled. His lips quivered. His bones were undone and his legs shook. Yet he resolved, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. And that is exactly what godly men and women do. They tremble, even as God has said, this is the one to whom I will look, him who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Back in 2016, I believe it was, I remember, you know, we took a a family trip to Niagara Falls and, uh, Amazing sight to see. To see the working of God and to behold that. Well, when we were there, we decided to go ahead and take you know one step further as we were wanting to see the fall. So we said we're going to go and get on the, the boat, the Maid of the Mist, which essentially takes you, you know, right up to the falls um, so you can see it. You know, and at the time we had Isaiah and Elizabeth and Eden. And uh, Eden was a little baby, you know, and was packed on. Uh, in front of Mama, and and so I remember looking at our children's faces and kind of this expression of you know we're going into the falls, we're all going to die, you know, <laughs> and so there was this kind of sense of like foreboding. Okay, Mom and Dad, you're going to take us there. Okay, let's see what happens. So what happened there is we you know as we got closer to the falls, you know I was holding Elizabeth because she was especially. Scared, and so she clung to me. And as we got closer, I noticed that she was trembling at the falls. But she trusted me. And so long as I was holding her, even though she was trembling, she knew that she was safe. Well, the godly hear God's word. They tremble at it. Their trust is in their God. However, here, some of you may not be safe. Trembling is right for a different reason. Before you is only judgment. Before you is a fearful expectation of answering to the Creator for your sin. 
But friends, your time has not run out. There is still yet time that you would tremble, yet trust in Christ, that you would hope in Him who came to save you there in the cross where wrath and mercy meet. Could it be that it is there that Habakkuk's prayer has been answered in wrath? Remember mercy. And He did that for you. He, the, the same One who came sweating drops of blood, trembling at what was to come, but He would wait for the day of trouble to come upon Him for your sake. And so He would bear the judgment that you deserve upon Himself. So if you are here, the Lord's call for you is to run to Christ. Look to the One who can save you. So may we all take heed May we all come to God's Word even when dark clouds loom and stay overhead. And may we agree, may we tremble and trust in our God. Let's pray. Father, we come before You this morning. We thank You for this Word. Thank you, even as we come, may we come with a heart, even as Habakkuk, a heart that says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I believe, I rest in your word, I trust in you, even if, and even now, if I am going through confusing times or difficult times, I will trust you, and I'll trust you to the very end. May you help us, Lord. That as we have heard your word, may we respond to it. If there are some here who need to come and put their faith in Christ, may they respond in faith and trusting in him. And if there are some here who need to come forward for membership or baptism, may they do that as well. And so we, we look to you, Lord. We are your children in the midst of confusing times. And so may we take on the demeanor of Habakkuk and the heart of Habakkuk and bow our knees in trust and worship of you. In Jesus' name, amen.